are listening to Unbox, where we live life engaged and wholehearted. Enjoy! Hey, Sarah. Hey, Haley. So, we're really close to Christmas. Yep. Very close to Christmas. Are you finished with your Christmas shopping? Uh, no. No, not. I am not. How about you? Um, not even a little bit. We're doing really well here. <laughs> really well. Um, so we're getting close to Christmas and we're wrapping up 2020. How are you feeling about wrapping that up? You know, 2020 has been a hard year. Uh, but also uh, I was talking to a friend the other day about how it's also been a good year. There's been a lot of highlights of 2020. So I think it's one important to think, look at the highlights of 2020 and not as necessarily about all the crap that happened in 2020, but excited that we're coming to the end of it and looking forward to fresh goals um, for 2021. Mm. I'm excited to, to start that. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh goals. I like that. And fresh goals, fresh self-care, mm. which is kind of the things we've kind of talked about on our podcast in the last few months of how can we live wholeheartedly? How can mm-hmm. we live life engaged here? Um, and I think as we're kind of coming into Christmas time and the end of New Year's and and coming wrapping this year up, I think that um, that conversations are important. They're important because there's they're what brings us together. And when we think about the holidays, sometimes those conversations are a little bit more difficult. Um, maybe with our coworkers or with our family members or friends, be, be that in person or. Be, be on Zoom this year with uh, COVID-19. Um, but having conversations are important because we need to come together. And so I sat down with Adriana Stanley, who we've had on the podcast before, um, and we sit down and have a conversation about um, how do we have hard conversations uh, with difficult people or with people that maybe um, it's hard to navigate uh, some sticky situations or things like that. And so we hope that it's it's really helpful. And we hope that as you are going into 2021, um, that it is a good year and um, that you enjoy that. Awesome. Well, hey, Adriana. Hey, Haley, how are you? Good. I mean, we're getting ready for Christmas, so I'm super good. Um, I may or may not be the person who um, has really just ready to play those Christmas songs before Thanksgiving. I wait. You not play Christmas songs until the day after Thanksgiving, at which time it's a free-for-all at our house. (laughs) That's awesome. I think we got two different people in here, and that's totally fine. Wherever you are, you're welcome on the spectrum. (laughs) Um, That's good. With Christmas time coming, um, you and I decided to sit down and just have a conversation about, um, you know, Christmas time comes. It's hard, you know, sometimes to have relationship with people. Sometimes that's our family. Sometimes that's our friends. Like Christmas brings a lot of tension or we don't even have to be in Christmas. We can be in 2020 and COVID and tension is rising. But sometimes I think it would be an understatement to say that relationships are hard. No, I agree. And and any time, any holiday time or time when you know you're going to get together with folks, um, I think all of us can think of maybe not just that one person, but those several people that are particularly prickly or difficult or annoying or maybe a little scary to be around sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, Christmas uh, allows for that, even, even in COVID Christmas. Yes, because they're on the Zoom calls too. Like they're they're they are. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I guess the and that's what we'd love to to really talk about today is in those prickly moments. How do we interact with people? How do we care for people? How do we love people well and honor them as a person, even though we're experiencing maybe tension or prickliness. Um, and that's really what we wanted to sit down today and, you know, have some coffee together and talk about, um, which we wanted to kind of bring the elephant, you know, into the room here of that some people, um, relationships are harder for them naturally. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you know, and we all have those people in our in our families, in our friend group, in our workplaces. And so, you know, it's it's good to think about how how can we help ourselves to be safe and uh, well while we're in their presence, um, and also how to how to help um, steer our relationship with them so it'll be at the healthiest it can be. Yeah, I, I feel like we have some listeners that are jumping on. They're like, yes, it's my boss. It is my boss or it's it's this person. Like some people are thinking, I, I, ha- I know these people. I think that everyone listening probably has someone or maybe someone they know that is really more challenging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I mean, I, I can think of uh, a bunch of people. Uh, family members and uh, all sorts of folks that, you know, I think, oh, no, I've got to interact with them today, you know, and and I know it's going to be difficult. Um, And so I think that um, there's some things we can do to help ourselves. Um, But I think maybe talking about, you know, what kinds of people are we, are we talking about? What kind of, um, uh, because I think people come to mind for, for folks that are listening. They certainly come to mind for me but maybe it'd be helpful if we uh, go over and just kind of look at kind of some broad categories of um, what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that it's really helpful. Um, some of those broad categories fall within this idea of personality disorder um, and a disorder is causing significant impairment. Um, so that's something important. And then, before I list these, um, I think it's super important for our listeners to hear that um, please don't take this list and go diagnose your loved ones or your friends or your boss. Uh, that is not the purpose of this list. And you may hear traits that here very similar to some people you know. Um, but this, our heart is not for you to go diagnose um, anyone because that's not super helpful. And um calling those things out and be like, well, you have this, um, doesn't usually kind of bridge relational gaps usually, unless that person is seeing a mental health professional and that's been confirmed. Um, and they're working towards healing in that. So just a caveat of please don't go, you know, diagnose your people. Good idea. Uh, yeah. Good idea. Um, so some of the, the ones that we're looking at is antisocial personality disorder, um, which, uh, you know, a pattern of, of disregard or violating the rights of others, um, avoidant personality disorder, uh, just extreme shyness, borderline personality disorder, a pattern of instability in personal relation to relationships, intense emotions, poor self-image and impulsivity, uh, dependent personality disorder, a pattern of needing to be taken care of or submissive or clingy histrionic personality disorder, a pattern of excessive emotions and attention-seeking, narcissistic personality disorder, a pattern of need for admiration and lack of empathy for others, obsessive-compulsive personality disorder, a pattern of preoccupation with orderness, perfection, and control, paranoid personality disorder, a pattern of being suspicious of others and seeing them as mean or spiteful, Schizoid personality disorder, being detached from social relationships and expressing little emotion. And schizotypal personality disorder, a pattern of being very uncomfortable in close relationships. And I very briefly read what those are, but there's much more criteria for those to be able to be um, diagnosed with that or a person that's experiencing that. Um, But just kind of get brief of what those are. Yeah, I noticed you said a pattern, and I think that's important because, you know, any one of us could read one of those descriptions and say, ooh, I, I have that. I, I'm, I'm that way. Or, you know, my sister's that way. And, you know, there's a lot more to it, but it is a longstanding pattern, uh, something that we see and that affects their ability to relate to other people, um, you know, in, in happy, peaceful, respectful Way so I think that you know it's it's we know those people that are difficult um, and they may not um, you know we, we may not be able to diagnose them and and I'm certainly not one to to diagnose uh, just randomly but we can see traits and characteristics that are difficult and if we think about it that way 
I think it's helpful because, you know, we can see difficulty. Maybe somebody who, you know, um, has a lot of interpersonal conflict or somebody who, you know, looks at the world and, and perceives situations in ways that, that are just a little odd or, or a little different. Um, maybe, um, you know, somebody who's really emotionally intense or fluctuates really easily from, from one type of emotion to another type of emotion. Um, but all of these things, you know, the, the key is that they create distress, uh, both for the person who's experiencing it and for those of us who love them and who are in relationship with them. Yeah. So um, I think those are really good, helpful kind of uh, posts to think about. Um, and, you know, I think we can all probably think of lots of people that we have um, relationships with and that we have to deal with who fit those kind of characteristics. Yeah. It seems like that pattern really affects how they think about themselves and others, how they respond emotionally, how they relate to other people and how they control other people's behavior. I think that that's, we see that pattern at least two of those things is kind of displayed for someone who struggles Mm -hmm. with, with personality disorders. But I'm with you. There's a lot of traits that we interact with people who just have, it's like this, like, um, like that narcissism, um, that selfishness that, you know, it is, it could feel like an inflated sense, that grandiosity of like, I am the best, right? I can think of the three-year-old that thinks they're the best in the whole wide world in the moment, you know, like Mm -hmm. who's beautiful. I'm beautiful. And I'm it. Like, I think that we could all see those traits, um, and how they interplay, but not necessarily do they always mean that we have personality disorder. Right. Right. I think, you know, at any, at any given moment, uh, any one of us can kind of come off entitled or uh, think that, you know, we deserve something or that maybe that rule doesn't apply to me because I'm special. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's not for diagnosing, but it, when that is the pattern of somebody's life, uh, and it begins to uh, negatively impact their relationships or their ability to, you know, maybe even to keep a job, uh, then it, it becomes a more serious, uh, possibly diagnosable problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also important for parents to hear that in terms of diagnostically, which is not what our podcast is about, that like personality disorders, like you're sitting there and you're like my eight year old, you're like, nope. We are not doing any personality things. Uh, You know, that is well at 18 and older. Um, And just that, that we're foregoing any type of judgment because personality is still developing. Um, But after 18, there's a sense of this is a pattern. And so I'm with you of like, if this is a pattern that's causing impairment, then maybe there's some things that need to be explored with a mental health professional. Right, right. You know, and I think sometimes we see, behavior that's odd and, and it's not due to a personality disorder. It can be due to um, uh, a brain injury, for example, um, or um, sometimes it can be due to substances and, and other things that the person might be um, using to, to manage anxiety or stress or, or whatever it might be. So we want to be really careful, but nevertheless, uh, we still have to um, have uh, relationships with people that sometimes are uh, a little difficult. Uh, some of some of our listeners are like, not just a little bit. They're a lot of difficult sometimes. Just a lot of difficult. Um, so I guess here's our big question today: of like, how, how do we navigate? You know, this little difficult, this lot of difficult. Like, how do we navigate that? Yeah, uh, you know, one of the um, one of the things that I think is, is probably most important in navigating um, dealing with difficult people is, is taking care of ourselves in that relationship. Um, and, you know, knowing that, um, you know, there used to be an old, an old uh, nursery rhyme, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt us. Mm-hmm. And, and we kind of live by that, by that idea. Uh, but we know when we are dealing with difficult people that, that it, their words can be quite hurtful. Um, and so, you know, even though we may not um, 
be controlled by what other people do and say. Uh, we can be affected by it. And, and, you know, one of the cool things, and I know I talk about neuroscience often, but one of the cool things about neuroscience research is that um, other people's uh, emotional connection with us, other people's uh, neurological functioning does affect our neurological functioning. Mm. You know, our brains are wired in such a way that when we experience the world or our family or friends or the culture um, and we experience stress or trauma, that our brains and bodies react, they change and we develop uh, some new neural pathways and neural connections. And so one of the things that, that's important for us is to, to take care of ourselves so that we can strengthen healthy neural connections and neural pathways and um, be safe even in those really sometimes awfully difficult encounters with uh, loved ones or, or friends. So, you know, self-care is, I think, the first thing. Um, and, you know, you can talk a little bit about self-care if, if, if you want to start us off. Yeah, self-care. I mean, I like to think of self-care of um, if you're, if your first thought for self-care is I don't have time for, for self-care, then um, that is an indication that we desperately need self-care. <laughs> um, I feel like that's a good litmus test right there. Um, and I like to think of it as a, um, I talked about it as like an example of a table. And the table represents our life and um, self-care keeps us on top of the table. Like and we can get closer to the edge by, not having self-care and some people just really function at the edge of that. And so something happens and life happens and it literally shakes this table metaphorically and we're falling off the table. So self-care mm -hmm. keeps us on this table of life and um, which I really like. And I think when I think about relationships and self-care, um, how I'm taking care of my emotions um, is super important, especially if I'm dealing with, you know, hard people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, um, it, it, one of the things that came to mind while you were saying that is that um, we, um, uh, we forget about ourselves. Um, and, you know, I was um, surprised, I guess, like, I don't know, a, a while back when I realized that um, self-care can be as easy as, um, you know, am I getting enough sleep? Or am I going to bed um, ruminating and uh, rehearsing that conversation that I had with, you know, Uncle Joe mm -hmm. and thinking, how could I, how could he have said that? How could I have uh, responded differently? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just continuing to try to figure it out in my head uh, and not sleeping. And uh, what came to mind was that, you know, if, if we lose sleep, it's, it's like air. Mm -hmm. um, you can't, um, you can't make it up. Mm -hmm. um, if you hold your breath, uh, you will eventually pass out mm -hmm. uh, because you need to breathe continuously. And sleep is kind of that same way. We have to continue to get sleep um, because if we don't, then bad things are going to happen to us physiologically. Anger or anxiety or concern. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's a self-care uh, technique that, you know, not only when you're going to sleep, you may have to do it. Um, even during an interaction with a difficult person. Um, but we, we need to care for ourselves in those, in those situations. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is, is to have and set good boundaries with individuals that are difficult. Uh, because oftentimes their behavior will um, infringe upon our, uh, our wants, our desires, maybe our, uh, ability to uh to have a peaceful meal mm -hmm. uh, you know i can think of christmas meals where uh, people comment on each other's uh, bodies or eating or hair or um, how you're raising your children or how you, whatever you know that there's all sorts of ways that, that people are difficult and um, cross boundaries and so um being ready um to set some boundaries and some limits on what is acceptable behavior and what is not acceptable behavior. 
Yeah. I was thinking about narcissism and, and narcissistic traits of kind of the root behind that particularly is this incredible sense of shame, um, which is not something that someone, you know, unless they're doing their own work is something they're going to say out loud, but it's causing a lot of the behavioral and emotional dysregulation that we see in relationships. And they do a lot of shaming to other people. So a lot of those comments come out of that. And um, you were talking earlier about, you know, how we're wired neurologically. And so in those moments, those interactions are coming, how we're taking those messages would seem to be very important. Like going back to your mindfulness of they're pouring lots of shame on top of us, those boundaries to really say, this is, this is not mine to take. This is, this is their stuff and this is not mine. So I'm going to mindfully come back and kind of disconnect from, from all of this shame that's headed towards my way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being aware of, of when it's happening. Um, and then really if, if you know, um, you know, that you're going to be interacting with some difficult people, mm -hmm. um, especially during the holidays that are, that are coming up, whether it's a zoom or, or in person, um, is to have a plan. Mm -hmm. Um, and to know, um, really what you're willing to accept in terms of their behavior and what you're not willing to accept, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and to, to practice, um, how to say it to them in ways that are kind, but firm, mm -hmm. um, that show respect, but also, um, give you, uh, protection and, and keep you safe. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's, it's perfectly okay um, if somebody brings up a, a topic that, that you don't want to discuss in a group to say, you know, it's, it's really not a good time to discuss this. Um, that's a boundary you can set. That's a time boundary. Uh, you can say, you know, um, if, if they're prodding you and they won't stop, you can say, please stop right now or I'm going to leave the table. I'm going to leave the room uh, or I will, I will hang up the phone um, and set those type of boundaries to, to keep yourself safe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're called to be um, uh, in relationships to, to make peace, mm -hmm. not to just keep the peace. Mm -hmm. So um, it's important not to, you know, be um, superficially allowing uh, someone to step all over you or to be mean to your children uh, or to ignore or deny that, that, you know, their behavior is, is bad or uh, even dangerous at times to minimize your feelings or to deny your feelings. Um, you know, or you'll sometimes run into that relative that'll spiritualize everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, you have a right to, um, to call them on it uh, in kindness um, and not to um, expose yourself or your kids or your spouse or uh, your friend to, to that behavior. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to be clear when you said we're called to, to make peace. And then I hope we're hearing that we're not called to be in pieces, right? So we're not right. called to be in pieces. We're called to make peace. Uh, That's right. Yeah. 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 And I think sometimes, you know, we, there's a tendency of let's, let's not rock the boat. Let's just, you know, let's just keep everything calm, uh, you know, uh, by ignoring or whatever. And, and at some point we have to stop ignoring, um, and, uh, and create, uh, a peaceful, um, relationship. And that does sometimes call for speaking up, uh, clearly, um, you know, not reacting or, uh, or attacking the other person, but also not tolerating um, the other person's um, pattern of disregard for your feelings or felt needs or concerns or uh, any of those things. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get into trouble with difficult people. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes, you know, they're, they may not be diagnosable, but they have been allowed to carry on um, like a little kid who is allowed to throw tantrums uh, and everybody then caters to their tantrum. Mm -hmm. uh, we have grown-ups 
who are exactly that way. And, and a grown-up probably is not going to lay down on the floor and kick and scream. Hope um, not. They have a little more sophisticated manners of, of doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's okay to state it and to have a plan for um, what to say and how to get out of that situation. Because I keep coming back to this idea of a definition, a simple definition of a boundary as what is and what is not okay. And so if we're being honest and truthful and saying this is not okay, and there's a consequence for these actions, we're actually helping changing kind of the, the conversation and we're changing the relationship here. Because if we continue the way that we've always done and not rock the boat in this and not set up really good boundaries, then we're probably the person, you know, that's not been doing that. It's probably in a lot of pain and a lot of, you know, creating some of this discomfort just because we haven't put those boundaries in place. Right. Right. Um, So, you know, planning um, for that situation, for being in that person's presence, uh, clarifying what, what is okay and what's not okay and having a clear picture in your mind. and then um, it is a really, really good idea to practice um, and have some, um, uh, some phrases in your back pocket that you can um, have handy and ready to, to use. Um, because you may be the only person who's going to, um, to stand for peace. Um, and I think it, you know, it can be uncomfortable, it can be difficult, but I'm going to bet you that um, other people will thank you later or will come up to you and say, wow, the way you stood up to, you know, old so-and-so, that was, that was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, dinner changed. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, you know, just a noxious, terrible situation. We, we actually you know, had fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we don't, you know, we, we plan, we clarify what, what we're willing to accept, what's toler- tolerable, what, what is okay. Um, and we practice it. Um, and, uh, and then we don't tolerate it in the presence. Right. So we tell them, you know, do not do whatever it is you're doing. Um, or I will, and that's a boundary. It's not do not do it or you will, because boundaries are only what we can control, right? We set the boundary for us. Um, and so sometimes it's, you know, we, it, we get confused in setting boundaries and we say, you know, well, the boundary is um, that I don't want them to run up the stairs and, and stop. That, that's your want, <laughs> The boundary is, if you run up the stairs and stomp, I will make you take off your shoes, right? And that's something you can enforce. Mm-hmm. Or um, I will ask you to leave my house, mm-hmm. right? That's something you can enforce. Um, I don't want you to stomp up the stairs. It's, it's just a want. Mm-hmm. And so I think we get confused sometimes, and um, we can only have a boundary for what we can control or what we can do. And uh, sometimes that's really only what we can actually do. So it might be, if you continue to stomp up the stairs, I'm going to to leave. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. It would almost seem to be like a a good test of, am I saying, I want you to do this, but that's a want, but saying, I will do this. This is a boundary. Of what is the language that we're using if you're having difficulty distinguishing between a want and a boundary? Right, right. You know, um, sitting in a, um, uh, an example, you know, sitting at, at uh, a meal uh, with somebody who is um, saying mean, th- mean things to you, right? You're, you're all sitting there and you have your, um, your, your adult child just came home from college uh, and they've just announced to the family that they changed their major from uh, accounting to uh, I don't know, art. And Uncle Joe, who's an accountant, feels that that's terrible, no good, you know, go out in the garden and eat worms, bad. 
um, and begins to berate um, your kid. You know, you, you can uh, you can say something like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to allow you to, to use little Johnny as your verbal punching bag. So, you know, the way you talk to him is, is hurtful and demeaning and disrespectful. Um, so if, if you don't stop, we're going to leave this dinner. Right, that's a boundary you've set. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's hard, but, but having, I think it helps to have them in your back pocket, mm-hmm. um, kind of ready, because you know those people that you're going to be in contact with, and you know the kind of things that they do. Mm-hmm. You know, old Aunt Jen, who always asks you, so, when, you know, are you dating anybody now? Right? <laughs> uh, or, you know, so, how much are you weighing? You know, and, and just questions that, that nobody has any business asking you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you can say, I, I don't care to talk about that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, and if they continue, if you continue to do that, I will. And there's your boundary is what you will do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I think that, that that's the second thing that we have to do is have practiced, uh, scripts, if you will, in our back pocket that we can apply uh, and, and set those boundaries in ways that are, that are caring um, and yet firm. And it would seem important to um, be able to enforce whatever you're saying. I'm willing. So I pull it out of my back pocket and I'm saying, I will do this. And then really important to be consistent, to do that, whatever mm-hmm. that I will leave. If you keep, pushing me on this or I will stop this conversation and, and go talk to uncle Tim instead of you. I don't know. Um, but like just really to be able to enforce whatever that saying is out of our back pocket. Right. Right. Uh, you know, and, and you've talked a little bit about narcissistic personality disorder and, and those traits. And, you know, I think that the, another common uh, set of traits that we encounter is somebody who is, uh, kind of unstable, unstable in relationships, and and has a, a very uh, uh, poor self-image. Maybe uh, is is impulsive, and um, one moment they love you, and the next moment they hate you. Um, they may um, try to to tell you, you know, oh, uh, stories about other people, and and how they're either magnificent, walk on the on the water, or terrible, no good criminals, and, and they fluctuate between those two things at the same time, um, maybe um, clingy towards you or, or seeking for you to meet their needs, um, or maybe just inappropriate, right? Doing things that, that feel icky. Um, uh, those, those individuals, you know, and, and it's a, a conglomerate of, of uh, interpersonal instability. Uh, and we, we look at that in terms of uh, somebody who has border, borderline personality disorder, but let's not talk about it as a, as a diagnosis, but just as a pattern of, of behavior. What do you do with that? Um, you know, sometimes after you have um, really identified what the problem is, you have a plan, you've clarified what's okay, what's not okay. You have verbiage in place. Um, sometimes you may need to create distance between you and that person. Uh, create safety and safeguards. Uh, so that may be kind of the next step, right? And not just for, for somebody who exhibits those characteristics, but for anybody who's difficult. Uh, and that may mean making a decision not um, to be with them. Uh, or possibly to be with them um, in a setting where, uh, where you can get away. And, and don't have to be just the only person interacting with them mm-hmm. um, or other people who can kind of act as a foil and help. Um, so that's, that's something to consider. And that's kind of that next step mm-hmm. of, you know, you've set your boundary, uh, you've expressed it, you've, you know, you've talked to them and it's not really working. Um, and you're uh, feeling either icky or um, anxious or um, it's just unpleasant. Um, so you may need to decide to, to leave mm-hmm. uh, or not to engage, to create distance, 
uh, in the relationship and in, in your contact with them. It kind of reminds me of this sense of like what we are all aiming for is to be able to function within relationship in a healthy way. And like, I, I'm wondering if some people listening are thinking you're like, well, how, how does that help my friend? If I create distance, how did, do, how does that actually help my friend? And it, it's kind of hearing this thing of we're setting these boundaries because they're loving, because it is kind to say, no, you can't keep calling me every three hours. No, you can't be just, you know, threatening hard things on the phone with me every other day. We can't do that. Um, and I'm going to need some space in this moment because I care about you and I need safety like that doing these things is actually caring for other people um, as we're caring for ourselves. Right. Right. Um, it's, it, we're not doing these things out of, uh, a, you know, a desire to hurt them or to, uh, to alienate them. You know, I think that uh, we have, and, and I'll go back to kind of a little parenting thing, but um, parents um, time out became a very popular uh, way of, of disciplining children. Um, and, and fortunately, because of its popularity, it, it just began to be used in, in very poor ways. Timeout was originally a, a technique for kids who were out of control to afford them the opportunity to um, get back under control, right? To uh, emotionally regulate. Um, and uh, one of the things that we know is that sometimes we need another person to help us emotionally regulate, especially when we're little kids. Uh, our emotional regulation most of the time comes from outside of us. And unfortunately, timeout became something where the child was um, uh, put away from the family, uh, maybe even... Uh, in a, a secluded location um, and unable to emotionally regulate by themselves. Um, and so it, it reminds me of, of what we're doing with someone who is difficult or um, has traits of personality disorders that our goal is not to isolate them and to put them, you know, uh, away from everybody. Our goal is to, provide boundaries so that they can, they can then regulate off of what we're saying um, and, and create um, a place where they can say, Oh, this, this is, this is as far as I can go. I, I can't go any further, right? I need to figure out a way to get my needs met for connection without calling my friend 22 times a day to make sure that everything's okay or without um, insisting that at the dinner table they only talk to me and that they not pay attention to anybody else. Um, and so we, we create the opportunity for them not to be uh, excluded and uh, put away, but to be part in a way that is safe for other people as well as healthy for them. And it seems like we give them... If, if shaming is one of the, or like putting it off on other people, we're giving the opportunity for them to learn that we can relate different. Like that's, you know, this is, this is the regulation piece of maybe we don't actually talk about our bodies or we talk about um, who had the biggest bank account um, that we actually talk about other things in relationships. And so we're providing those things. Right. It's, you know, we're giving them the opportunity to experientially learn, mm -hmm. uh, not banishing them, but keeping them, inviting them and offering them really a way to, to relate differently mm -hmm. um, in more healthy and more appropriate ways. I'm curious if some of our listeners are like, are you sure we can't banish them? Because I think that would be much easier. Like just run, run far away. Banishment sounds much easier than um, other things. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I mentioned this to you, but one of the things that I thought when you first approached me about to talk about um, 
dealing with those difficult uh, people in our in our lives during the holidays is um, uh, I think it's from a Monty Python movie, but I think the quote is "Run away." Um, and you know, I, I know that that's really not what what we should do, but it, but that's the first thought that came to my mind. Dealing with coping with with difficult people, just, just run away. <laughs> Uh, no, that that's not what we should do, um, or banish them to to, to some remote uh, island without any contact, um, unless um, there is danger. And if if they're if you're in danger, um, or if if they become dangerous to themselves, uh, then there's things that we need to do um, to to provide space enough so that we can be safe, uh, and so that they can be safe. Um, most of the times it doesn't, it doesn't get to that. Most of the times, uh, really what we're working on is, um, having conversations that, um, provide them with boundaries and with our, um, our stated care for them, you know, uh, telling them, you know, your relationship is, is important to me. Um, and um, I, you know, when we talked last time, I told you I needed um, to to be have freedom to um, eat whatever food I wanted to at the dinner table. Um, and so I'm asking you to to you know not comment on everything I'm eating um, because that's that's difficult for me. It's hurtful, right? And so you know, letting them know that you're you're interacting with them in a, in a totally different way you're being honest and you're like you said kind of pulling the elephant into the room and then giving them the opportunity to respond i like um i like how you just said that very calmly i think saying it very calmly like if we yell at them i don't think even though a lot of us would probably like to yell at them and be like, I need you not to talk to me like this probably is not super helpful in those moments, but being very calm and very clear and very uh, almost like not, a, it's, there's an assertiveness and there's a softness. Um, mm -hmm. Because if we come at, you know, these people that are struggling in our lives, we come at them guns a blazing, then defenses are going to go up. And then, I mean, it's just this nice little argument that can just you're like, Great. I just set boundaries and there were World War Three on, you know, on Christmas. Right. Right. You know, I think that one of the things that, that is sometimes, if not always, very helpful is to, to validate what you feel that they're feeling. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, uh, something as easy as I know it must be hard to be living by yourself these days. Um, and, and you start with that, right? However, I need to have time for myself. <laughs> um, and, you know, on Thursdays, I, I, I don't do anything with anybody. <laughs> um, and uh, validate that, you know, um, uh, maybe say something like, you know, I'd, uh, I know it can be a huge obstacle uh, for you to see me eating meat at the dinner table while you're a vegetarian. However, I would like for you to respect my food choices as I respect yours. So you're validating kind of their, what they're feeling, what they're saying, um, while at the same time uh, asking them to, to respect your choices. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to go there, uh, Haley, um, one of the things that I think is pretty tense right now is just political, sure. political opinions, sure. um, you know, and, and validating um, the fear behind um, some comments and, and things like that, I think is important, you know, and, and saying, I think I can see how that that's really scary and unsettling. Mm -hmm. um, I have a friend who um, came through, uh, the Cuban revolution when she was a teenager mm -hmm. and all of the, the talk that she's hearing on both sides is very really triggering to her. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I should have been more aware 
Um, but it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that I was aware. And, um, you know, I said to her, um, wow, this must be really, must really feel like the same type of political unrest that you felt when you were a teenager in Cuba. Mm. And all of her anxiety, I, I saw it just, just kind of melted. She was like, yes, this is exactly how I feel. And that's why I've been posting those things. Ah, right. And so just for, for her to know that somebody knew what was going on, you know, then I could say, you know, I, I get it, but please don't share them with me mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, it's equally upsetting. Yeah. You know, and so I was able to do that. And so acknowledging what's going on with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, um, you could even say, you know, wow, you know, if, if I were in your position, if I had recently widowed, I, I, I might feel exactly the same way you do right now. Mm-hmm. And this is what I would like, <laughs> right? Or this is how I would like to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can set the boundary while you validate um, the other person's feelings. And that's particularly important with individuals who have, high interpersonal sensitivity mm-hmm. and are um, very easily uh, emotionally reactive to things that you say mm-hmm. uh, that helps to calm them and to help them um, be um, more willing to listen to and to accept um, the boundaries. Because mm-hmm. when you think about validating other people we're again we're modeling so that they will see that our perspective is also valid mm-hmm. and i mean and i think that that is a beautiful ground for a healthy growing relationship is having i'm seeing you you're seeing me we're operating within healthy boundaries here and and that and we can move from this moment right right you know and i think that Again, if we if we um, plan, have a clear idea of um, what what is okay for us and what is not okay for us, uh, what the problem is, if you will, and then we practice um, and are are ready to enforce those boundaries, put ourselves in a position to to do the thing that we say we will do, um, and also then, if necessary, create distance or safeguards or safety. Mm-hmm. both for us and for the other person, mm-hmm. um, then we're in a better place. Um, if the person, however, uh, begins to rage or um, uh, become aggressive verbally or, or otherwise, um, you know, we need to be very firm in our boundaries um, and, and basically say, um, you know, um, that it's not acceptable for them to do that and that we will then take steps to, to remove ourselves from that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or, or somebody who's teasing you, um, you know, you would, you would want to uh, let them know that it, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this may seem like a funny thing to you, but, it, but it's not funny to me. Mm-hmm. And if you don't stop, I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't stop yelling, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm not going to stay to listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if a discussion or a, a gathering becomes um, higher intensity, um, then you also have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sometimes happens with, with folks that are difficult, folks that have uh, traits uh, of impulsivity or uh, who think and interpret situations differently. You know, we've talked about about narcissistic personality traits and borderline personality traits, but, um, you know, somebody could be uh, what we consider uh, histrionic personality traits, and and that individual uh, may behave uh, in a seductive fashion to get attention or or highly uh, emotional to get attention. 
Um, and if it's inappropriate and, and you don't feel safe or you feel icky at any time, um, then you need to have a plan uh, to verbalize it and to remove yourself in the same way as, as if it were yelling or, uh, or other abusive behavior. Seems to be one of the, the key things is, is safety. Like, am, am I safe in this moment? Because if, if we're not safe, then let's be honest, we're not going to have a great relationship. We're not going to love other people. Like we're, you know, isn't a Maslow's hierarchy of needs like that. The bottom part, like, we can't get to self-actualization and the other parts on the top of that triangle. If we are not having our basic needs met and one of those mm-hmm. things is safety. And so we can't right. ever have a good relationship if it is not safe. Right. Right. So those are, those are things that, that I think we can do. And, you know, um, I think that, that going back to the, the peacemaker peacekeeper, um, peace, um, <laughs> peace, um, <laughs> Um, I mentioned that, that sometimes people spiritualize, right. Um, you know, and, um, for, for, for folks that are, that are Christians, I think that, you know, you're going to encounter that, um, as well. Uh, and, you know, um, all of these characteristics are things that, that afflict every, um, anybody, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not uh, it's not just you know one type of person or one cultural group or um, you know we, we see it in in all sorts of families uh, all all over the place mm-hmm. um, so um, you know one of the things that I think is is important um, is um, going back to that first thing of, of you know going to sleep um, with some mindfulness, um, uh, Ephesians, uh, 426 says, you know, before going to sleep, let go of your anger. Mm. Um, you know, don't, don't go to sleep angry. And I don't think, um, you know, I think that, that neuroscience now helps us a whole lot because we're understanding some things and, and what happens when we're in a situation that is charged or, or, uh, difficult or traumatic or stressful is that our bodies were made in such a way that, that stuff is uh, chemicals, not just stuff, but chemicals are, are put into our bloodstream that get us ready to either uh, run away or fight and, or sometimes just freeze, but mainly run away and fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're, we're, we're wired that way to get out of danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, even, even for folks that are, that are, uh, Christians, I think that these things apply. They, they, you know, continue to be things that we can um, put into place, mm-hmm. and they're not, um, they're not antithetical to faith. Yeah, because you kind of mentioned Ephesians four uh, twenty six there, and I was just thinking about the first part of that chapter. Um, you know, Ephesians four two with all. Well, I'm going to back up to one. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the un- unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We've hit that peace part that you've talked about earlier about sometimes that bond of peace is being that not sometimes that all the time it is being truthful, setting those boundaries and being safe, that that is actually the bond of peace um, as well when we're dealing with difficult people, which is very biblical here. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm still so a lot of, a lot of uh, verses are coming to mind, but I think it's Jeremiah six fourteen says, um, something about, you know, not, not healing our, the wounds of, of God's people superficially, uh, you know, promising peace when there's no genuine peace. Um, and I think that, that ignoring uh, bad behavior, ignoring those difficult situations or people who are abusive or who don't respect your boundaries or are um, um, mean or ridicule or uh, make fun of you, um, or, or do the kinds of things that, that, you know, we all have them in our families. <laughs> um, 
um, ignoring it or denying it or minimizing it or, or spiritualizing it um, is, is not really doing what we're supposed to do. Um, you know, we're, we're called to, to, to say the truth and the truth sometimes is, uh, is unpleasant, but you know, that's where we uh, clarify what the problem is, what our boundaries are, what is, what is okay. What is not okay. Um, you know, I'm reminded of, of Psalm 42. Um, why so downcast, O my soul? Um, put your hope in God, right? Um, and then, you know, I, I think that it's interesting because um, we have a lot of, of um, biblical examples of, um, of people who had um, sadness because of interpersonal conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and interpersonal danger, if you will. Um, you know, Elijah comes to mind, you know, he has just, and, and I can't, I'm really bad at putting it where, where it belongs in, in the, in the books, but basically there's a story where he has just, um, I think it's in first Kings, I think. Anyway, Elijah has just, um, battled the, the priests of Baal and, um, you know, they're, they're all, um, uh, uh, won over and, um, you know, God has, has shown how strong he is, how powerful he is. And immediately after that, Elijah leaves and it says that he is super depressed. And, um, what is, I think it's like his, his, his heart fails him inside. Right. And, and I think that it goes back to that, that Psalm 42, five is, you know, we, we encounter these difficult situations. We get upset um, because we're hoping that this person's going to behave well. <laughs> that, you know, gee whiz, God, fix them, mm-hmm. make them behave well. And we find out that, that they don't. Mm-hmm. And so we become anxious or we become sad or, or angry um, or like what happens, you know, we'll, we'll be sitting there thinking and, and asking, you know, fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this. Um, I don't want to feel this, this sadness. I just want to feel joy. Um, and, um, really what it takes is, is doing those things that, that are also, I think, very, um, much a part of, of what the Bible says in terms of, um, being honest when somebody is, is not behaving well, mm-hmm. stating the problem being clear about what is okay, what is acceptable behavior and what is not okay. Um, and then practicing it. I would, I would add for a Christian pray about it as well. Um, but then don't tolerate inappropriate behavior, set boundaries, practice the words that you will use, kind of keep them in your back pocket and, and be ready to, to use them, create distance, um, or safety or safeguards if necessary. Um, and do the same things that anybody else would do um, in terms of dealing with individuals who are difficult or who cause harm in relationship or who just are um, maybe not uh, cause harm on purpose, but who, um, who are unstable in their, in their relationships and knowing going into a meal or whatever with them, it's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me, I think it's a Brene Brown quote, and she said that the most compassionate person she knows is the most boundary person. And I think that, you know, if we're a Christian or not a Christian, that we we want to be compassionate people and we can't be compassionate people in relationship if we don't have boundaries and if we're not doing those things. And then we're not, if we're not practicing self-care, we're not being compassionate either. So um, definitely there. I'm totally right. with you. Right. So, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. So I'm, I'm just going to say that that part of me that really, even though um, I would give the same advice, there's this part of me that says, can we not still run away and banish them into the corner? Because I like that idea. Because this other part's a lot of work here. Um, but so that everyone's clear that that is not the option we're putting on the table. But <laughs> It would be the option that would be the easiest. Um, but I think that we have some really practical ways of being able to navigate the holidays 
um, and just life and relationship in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's, it's, I think thinking about it, it looks hard. Um, having even just a couple of, of um, statements that express your boundaries with uh, validating their feelings, uh, with concern, with care, um, you know, validating your love for them, you know, um, you know, I, I really love you, mom. And I care about you. And I, and I love to come to, to eat dinner. But when you start asking me about my dating life uh, in front of everybody, um, I've told you that I don't care to discuss that. So please respect that boundary. Um, you know, um, it gets easier. Um, and, and having a bunch of those, um, and, and when I say a bunch, you know, maybe a handful, uh, for those individuals that you know are going to, um, cross boundaries, mm-hmm. right? For those individuals that, uh, uh, the rules don't apply to or who are, uh, clingy or who interpret situations in, in really odd ways. Uh, who are dependent, you know, who um, want you to to do everything. Can you go tell your brother that he hurt my feelings um, yesterday? You know, just be ready, right? Because you know that's coming. So, Mom, I'm really sorry that your feelings got hurt by, you know, JoJo. However, um, I'm not going to be the person to, to be intermediary between you and Jojo. Um, if you have a problem with Jojo, I'm going to encourage you to go talk to Jojo directly. In fact, I'm going to pray for you so that you can go talk to Jojo directly. <laughs> um, you know, and, and just have those ready. Uh, and it's, and it gets easier. Uh, and what's surprising is that a good bit of the time, the other person, um, reacts positively to that. Uh, you will encounter resistance. And when you do, then you need to think of some of the other things in terms of creating distance and safety and safeguards uh, and stating your, uh, your boundary maybe in a more uh, forceful or um, concrete way and being willing to, to, carry, to carry it through, to do the things that, that you need to do. But, um, but remember that we overcome evil with good. Um, and that that's what we're told to do. Um, and so in order to do that, we actually have to then think and, and plan good things, uh, healthy things. And that is being boundaried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And expecting um, calling our um, people, our difficult people to behave well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you were sharing that, it reminded me of this image. So my friend's son, um, it's appropriate for Christmas as we're kind of wrapping up the episode here. I forgot he was really young. Like I feel like this was the first package he'd ever seen with wrapping paper in his whole life. And so it's placed in front of him and we are ready for him just to tear it up but he's not tearing it up. He's like taking corner by corner and he's lifting it up. And it was the slowest unwrapping of a gift I've ever seen in my whole life. Like we were just waiting on pins and needles. Like it's just the slowest, just like he was even, he was just like trying like, like minute by minute, just pour it, you know, tearing just a little bit more. Finally, he unwraps the thing and he's excited about the toy. I don't even remember what the toy was, but I just remember it was just the slow, like this practice. The next time he had a gift, he'd tear it through. Like it was like, he was, you know, like he might've been a little bit hesitant, but it wasn't, you know, like that first time. And I think the first time that you start to implement these things, it might feel like, man, this feels foreign, but like, don't worry. My little buddy's son, he is much older now, and he I swear he doesn't, you know, he tears through those gifts really quickly now. And so I think yeah. it gets easier and that there's hope in that. So 
unwrap this, unwrap those relationships well this Christmas time and set those boundaries. It's really important. Definitely. That's a, that's a beautiful analogy because it does get easier. You know, it's kind of like riding a bike. We don't have to think about it every single time. Even if we haven't been on the bike in a while, we get on it and it comes back to us pretty quickly. That's that muscle memory. So grateful for it. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Well, I am so glad that we got to sit down and have a conversation about awkward conversations and hard conversations with, with people like this is great. It's good. It's good. And we all have them in our lives. Um, so it's, it's good to have a plan to clearly know what we need to do and to practice the words that we will use to set those boundaries. Awesome. So you heard it here, all our listeners. So go forth and do this and maybe sing some Christmas carols at some point. Like it is past Thanksgiving. We're all on the same page that it's prior to that. Or maybe you might celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or something else. But go and be merry somewhere with something. But thanks. Definitely. Thank you, guys. This podcast is brought to you by BeaconMHSCounseling.com. If you or someone you know in the state of Georgia is struggling and needs to talk to a licensed professional counselor, check them out. They're currently providing telehealth services.